Thanks for listening to the Dr. Drew Podcast on Podcast One. Well, I want to tell you about our friends at Public Rec. You've heard me talk about them before. These guys figured it out. They figured out how to give you a sweatpant that looks like a slack that doesn't have the annoying shallow pockets. Literally, the, there are deep pockets in the front. There's a wallet pocket in the back. You could wear these pants anywhere. You could wear them to a wedding. You could wear them to bed. I love these things. I wear them all the time. And I don't know about you, but uh, my wardrobe changed a little bit during COVID-19. Uh, I was wearing sweats a little more than I was comfortable. And uh, I'll tell you what, with uh, public rec pants, uh, I don't feel like I'm wearing sweats. I feel like I'm dressed for the day. They make leisure wear in waist and inseam sizes that make them fit just right and extra super comfortable. My favorite pants are their best-selling all-day, everyday pants, and uh, they live up to their name. You can wear them all day, every day, no matter what you're doing. They're great for lounging at home. They look great for work. It seems impossible, doesn't it? But not only do they look great for work, but they're functional. You've got pockets that work. They're breathable, stretchy, moisture-wicking fabric. Again, they'll look brand new at all times. I spilled coffee on mine last night, and I thought, oh, my favorite, one of my favorite public rank pants. Uh, and guess what? It came right out. So I was, I was, so I was saved. And now you can get your whole wardrobe from Public Rec. They have comfortable shorts, t-shirts, polos, hoodies, jackets, even golf gear. And Public Rec rarely discounts, but right now they have an exclusive offer just for our listeners. Go to Public Rec. That's right, p u b l i c r e c dot com slash drew. Use promo code Drew to receive ten percent off. That is Public Rec. Again, use our promo code Drew, publicrec.com, promo code Drew for 10% off. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Dr. Drew Podcast. Uh, very special day. My friend Jim Jeffrey is coming on. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me. The new stand-up special is Intolerant. It is uh, available now on Netflix. It's a fourth Netflix special. It uh, was a big night at the Wilburn Theater, Wilbur Theater in Boston. Yeah. Podcast, you still doing it? I still do the podcast. No, the podcast, about, the podcast is going well. Yeah, yeah, good. It's available everywhere. Uh, and uh, Jay Leno was on with you recently. I guess they're telling me Jay Leno came on the show. We, we, each each episode we do a uh, we have a specialist on a subject, and so we, you know we just did the, today's episode was about Coke. Uh, was about James Bond. We did a Coca Cola episode. And oh, we, that's we, did, we did a vaccine episode, and, and uh, what happens? Oh, at that's the, very cool. Beginning of the episode, yeah. I say everything that I think I know about the particular subject, and then a, a, a specialist corrects me on everything. Right, right, right. Basically, I, I'm. We got to come to an alcoholism. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, do, yeah. Let's do that. Well, we no. did one on alcohol. That was the only one we did without a specialist. We just had <laughs> <laughs> some of your cast. But some alcoholism your, is a different <laughs> thing. But anyway, we'll so do addiction. We'll do addiction. So, so what? So what you? The premise of the podcast is basically, um, you know, when you were in a bar and you used to have that guy that just knew everything, or that relative that would always yes. correct you, and yeah. then the internet came in, you found out that person was a fucking moron. Yes, right. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah. no, that's not true at all. Right. So I'm trying to be the guy who knows about everything before the internet. So I can't do any research. I don't know the topic before I came in. Yeah. Also, it, it, it means very little prep work for me on the just podcast. All those, all that training and musical comedy and yeah. <laughs> comes to bear. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know a few. <laughs> things about a few things right so <laughs> so uh jay leno came on and he was his specialty was cars and you know like he isn't isn't a hasn't got a doctorate in cars or oh, but he knows cars he knows oh. he knew more than any other specialist we had on anything right yeah. like like you would go well the first car was invented by blah 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 and then like 
you'd look on the internet and you go, no, 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 I think you're wrong there, Jay. And then you dig a little deep and you go, oh, no, actually, he's right. Like the, the T-Model 4, he goes, no, it was the Oldsmobile, was before the T-Model 4 and the thing. And he's a very, very clever guy when it comes to cars. And so he and Corolla hang out all the time and geek out about cars. Oh, he, here's, here's he, my he, steam engine car. He was so sweet. Um, my father was in town and, uh, you know, it, it's like when you have – a relative, it, when you have an elderly person staying in your house, it's the same as when you have a kid staying in your house. You have to find them activities. Yes, yes. Right? And you want to impress them. <laughs> yeah, you want to impress them. And it's like, I've already taken him to comedy shows and all that type of stuff. And I was like, what will I do? And I, I, so I ring Jay Leno up and go, can I bring my dad over to look at your cars? Right? He lets that happen a lot. <laughs> and, yeah. he, and Jay was like, yeah, and he'll no, take you all through it. And, and he, wa- he walked us through the whole time. And what's, my, what's wrong with people that don't like Jay Leno? Oh, it, pff, people are assholes. Is that what it it's, it's, it's like? It's like I like I like Conan. I like Conan a yeah, lot. He's awesome, right? I think, yeah. I think Conan's awesome. I've done his yeah. show plenty of times. I think he's a great guy. Super bright. I, I I've never met David Letterman. I think he's a really funny guy. I think he was a great. T- it's all these people's careers worked out fine. It, I just feel like like Jay was the bloke that was sometimes in the middle of. Other executives' decisions. It wasn't Jay going take away Conan and bring him back. It was someone at NBC who went, "Oh, okay, we have to fit." And you, well, somehow and, Stern keeps taking off after him, which always surprises me. I'm like, I what? think I don't. I don't what know what the Stern thing. I think Stern just uh, he probably. You know, he, I don't think David Letterman gives a fuck. Oh, I'm sure. I don't think he gives yeah. a fuck. David yeah. Letterman's fixing up houses and yeah. growing beards, man. He doesn't. He doesn't. He's not. Think, it's like it, it, it all worked out for him just fine. Right. Everything it's worked. Hard, out it'd just be hard fine. to ruffle their feathers. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what, what do they care? So you mentioned before the mic heat up. You were talking about your first experience at the Nokia Theater, and it's funny when you said that. As soon as you say, so J- Jim moved here when to Los Angeles. Oh, um, I think I've been full time in America at least ten years, and I think I was coming back and forth for the first three years, so right. maybe thirteen years. So you were talking about your first Nokia Theater, which is a big theater here in Los Angeles, yeah. comedy special. I went to one where we were backstage with your whole cast from Legit. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just that that stayed with me because it was. All the people with developmental issues and everybody. What's, yeah, his name? Yeah. what's, what's the kid's name? Uh, uh, Nick Daly. Nick no. Daly who played Rodney. Rodney. Yeah, Rodney. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was Daly. back there. His mom was back there. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, I still, I still talk to him every now and again on the on the phone. I, me, DJ, and Dan are still uh, very close. We're thinking of doing a podcast. You know how like they have the office lady ones where they talk about the office and they go through each other, and Scrubs does one. And I know that the show wasn't that big, but it's got a little family. And I don't care if only 100 people listen, but the three of us are going to uh, – do a podcast together where we we uh, go over each episode and we talk about what happened and Get Ginger we, we, in there too. Yeah, well, we'll have Ginger come on and Sonia yeah. Eddy and and, yeah. and different people and Mindy Sterling will uh-huh. come and you know maybe we could even get John Ratzenberg in. Yeah. You know, my old boy John. You know, and uh, and how about the actress from Australia that played your mom? Oh, Magnus Abansky. Yeah. She's in trouble now. She, she, well, she's in trouble. Not in trouble. She did. She did a because Catherine Kim. Catherine Kim. Well, you turned us on to. We watched the whole Australian. <laughs> I think we saw it on. Netflix or something. She plays. Yeah, it's on Netflix. She plays Sharon and Catherine Kim, and it's a very popular show in Australia. And so she reprised her character of Sharon and came on and told everyone to wear masks, right? <laughs> and so now the people are like, "You government shill," oh, no. and, they're, and they're fat shaming her. But she was always a big lady. But it's like. She was you, such a genius. You that. forget you see people for ten years. She hadn't been on TV for ten years, so uh, they're really going after her uh, on the internet. And it's it's a she's a very nice lady. Well, and you know when when I hear that, what I hear is, uh oh, the Australian government overreached. I don't hear that 
Sharon, is that her name? What, what was her real yeah, name? Magnus uh, Magnus. That Magnus said did something wrong. It's like because it's happening in California here too. They've overreached here, and all the mask pushback is all stay out of get away from me. And why they draw the line at the mask, I don't know. That's stupid. What do you mean the, the government is asking it, is too much to wear masks? Yeah, you, no, no, no. They, I say, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a mask fan. Me too. I, I've had a 100%. lot of percent. I'm a hundred percent mask person. Yeah, I'm a mask uh, maven. I call myself. But mm. but know that the the lockdowns have been overly aggressive. They've been they've overreached with the lockdowns. Right. And so people start pushing back, and the mask becomes the symbol of the pushback. The exact wrong thing. Right, be, right, right. To, the easiest thing in the world, put the goddamn mask yeah, the on. Ma- the mask is very simple. And, I, and I, I booked a restaurant for me and some uh, friends, and they said you can only have – it was six of us, and they said you can have – Four at a table and two at another one, and you're like, but we all walked in together, and we and like th- those draconian things. You feel like we're, we're going to be hanging out afterwards. It's it seems it, it, a bit it, exactly, and that's the stuff you just go, you go fuck it. And, and, well, and by you, the way, it's only California. Well, why, no, no, how no, come it's okay? When, in when you watch the basketball, though, they're all living in the bubble in Orlando. Yeah. They're all living there, and then it's like so the players are all sweating and pushing against each other. Yeah. And then like the people who work for the team are all sitting in the sideline in masks. They're all in the bubble as well. Yeah, and, and there there's visitors allowed. Is there? That's what I'm hearing. I heard they got ten people each, yeah, and, and you visitors. have to you have to have known the girl for a while. <laughs> You have to. You can't. You can't just. You know. It can't just be like I met her on Tinder. You you got to show. What, what's text. a while in NBA? Lyric you got to. You got to show text where you've had sex with her at least four <laughs> times previously, and and then she can come in. I heard stories of them sneaking them dressed up as men, like trench coat style. Uh, that was in the NFL. A uh, Seahawks player got busted putting on having a girl put on a bunch of equipment and Seahawks uniform stuff and tried oh to sneak her in. Oh really? Unsigned, uh, unsigned rookie free agent. He uh, he was fired. He's fired. He, oh, yeah. Does he get back in the league or is that him done? Depends forever? how good he is. He was really he was signed. He his signing fair. bonus was twenty five hundred bucks. He was a long shot to make the team. He's right. done forever. Idiot. Idiot. Yeah. yeah. yeah idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so so Nokia that night, I just was so struck by the. Well, first of all, I think the. I, I'm, you know I'm a huge fan of Legit. I just thought it was an important show, the way you did it. You were on it. I was on it, but, yeah. but, but, but well before that, it caught my attention as the way you were incorporating in Rodney and his, sure. and his, his peers into the thing was – Exceptional. It's never been done as well in media, in my humble opinion. I, I, yeah, I don't know if there's been a show that's had that many people with disabilities. But you didn't. But it wasn't about it, their disability. They and, were and, and, part and, of But the, it was very organic. It yeah, wasn't. Yeah. We didn't set out to do that. It was yeah. a very organic thing. And, yeah. and we we never really mentioned the disability. They just had to populate the world because we had one central character who was disabled. Exactly. So we had. To, and when they're in a home, they've got to have people who are also in the home. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. So, uh, but there was there was one time there was a there was a, a, a agency who just t- took care of disabled actors or people with mental disabilities or physical disabilities and and um, they they used to, to to have a to have an actor on the set who had the disability they also had to have a carer with them that that that, that came out you know union rules or whatever yeah. and there was one episode where we needed like. Th- we, we're in the home. We need like thirty extras with disabilities, I remember and it. so we we rang we rang up the agency and we went, "How many have you got?" Right, 
and they go, oh, 28 people. And I said, we'll take them all. We'll take everyone. We'll take everyone today. Right? And they go, but we only have three carers. And we just lied to the unions and went, oh, no, we've got all the people. And so, We're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and nice. we, we, we weren't prepared. We didn't have enough people to take care of everyone. But it was all right. It was a good couple of days. And so in the in legit a few nights, and I, is it on, it's still, it's still on, Hulu? It's on Hulu. Yeah, yeah it's go on watch. Hulu. Go watch. Yeah. I, it's important viewing and hysterical. And and Dan was I didn't really know I don't think I know do Dan before before that and he was so great as the alcoholic he just nailed that well Dan Dan became the the reason he became an alcoholic was because at the end of season one w- there was an episode where the the guy in the wheelchair got in pre- it all happened because my girlfriend at the time was uh, pregnant right she's still the mother of my child to this day and we're still best buddies but Kate was pregnant and so I thought we'll use that and so we wrote into the episode that Kate would come back. Uh, and she got impregnated in from the first episode when we went to the brothel, right? Yes. And so for DJ, for DJ, yes. Yeah. So so we so we 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 bring her back, and then it, there was a sometimes when you're writing, we only had a very skeleton cast, you know. But sometimes you write, and you got a big story, but you got to write storylines for everyone. Like I'm sure in Friends, there was the writers used to get together and go, Joey's doing nothing this episode. We have to find something for him to do. That's right. And Dan was just sort of in the background, you know. And uh, Dan comes up to me and goes, I don't have a lot to do in this episode. And I said, yeah, sorry about that. I'm, you know, but he's, he was always standing next to me in each scene and doing everything that I was doing with me, you know. Yeah. And he goes, I think I'm just going to get drunk at this party and, and make and cause, cause, cause a scene, be an asshole, right? And I said, yeah, do that, right? And he was so good at doing that. Then, then we went to the writer's room for season two. The first thing we said is oh, um, Steve's character becomes an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> He's too good at it. Yeah, before that, we were like, yeah, he has an alcohol problem. And then he lost his child, and oh, it got yeah. very sad oh, for no, him. No, but it was good. It was a great right. It was accurate. That's, I'd say I always like it when it's accurate. And, yeah. And Dan nailed it. You nailed the writing. It just was yeah, that's how it, it goes it, it got very sad, and then the, the ex-wife moved away, and then he had an episode where he bought her a jacket, and the kid had grown, and it didn't fit him anymore. Yeah. And then he, he, he got off it for a bit, and he got onto it for a bit. And we had a whole season storyline where he was uh, – sobering up and uh, fell off the wagon again for the next season. I have a couple of episodes of season three written. I think if I do this podcast, I might, um, we might do them as radio plays. Just awesome. Yeah, yeah. People would love it because it still has a very strong following. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's one of Brad Pitt's favorite TV shows. See? There you go. That's, that. <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I knew that while I was on the air, we could have kept it on, baby. <laughs> uh Back to DJ, uh, when we were backstage at that uh, Nokia event, somehow I was started giving him some shit about being in the wheelchair and him looking more mm. disabled than the, some of the disabled people. <laughs> and then he went, oh, yeah, well, I had cancer when I was 14. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus, come on. He had, he had, yeah, he had cancer when he was young and his bones grew long and not wide or something right. like that. But, you know, uh, he had cancer a lot as a kid. He had it like a few times, I think. I think it came I back. I think it came back and forth. And yes, stuff. I felt but, horrible. But D, DJ had a... Had a DJ DJ Qualls. We're talking DJ Qualls. He came out as well. He came came out of the closet. Like, like his friends, we all knew, but he came out publicly at uh, at one of my shows. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, I was I was performing. I think I was in San Diego, and I was on stage, and I was telling a story. And DJ was just hang. We, we were just hanging out that weekend, and DJ was standing in the wings, and um, I told the story. And this 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 is what happened. Me and DJ went to see Elton John, 
right? Mm. And we're seeing Elton John, and Elton John, and I'm going to have to use uh, the F derogatory word here, but I'm using it in context, okay. right? So, so do not, do not cancel Jim Jeffries yeah, for telling I, I'm, a story. I'm telling a story. It's a hateful, awful word he's going to use. I'm going to use it in context, right? So, so anyway, so so me and DJ, we're, we're sitting there watching Elton John now. Elton John is his final tour, and Elton John- it's Las Vegas? Yeah. No, we went and saw him in Anaheim, but uh, he's on that Goodbye Yellow Big yeah, Road tour. Yeah. And, and, and at about the two-hour mark or something, just before he's about to do the encores, he, he gives a, a heartfelt speech where he, where he sits there and he, he just went, I want to thank you all for coming to see me over these years. If it wasn't for you, these songs mean nothing if they weren't heard by you and appreciated by you. And, and thank you for all the love. And, and it's a beautiful speech. And I was always tearing up. And I, and I, I, was, I was sitting there and it's like, it's like I've played very big theatre. i played arenas in Australia. You know, I played, and, and I get up, I do my jokes, and I get off. And I, I, I've never... Thank the audience. I'm thankful they're there, but I've never gone. Thank. It feels a bit weird to do it, you know. And it's it's not my comfort zone. So, and I turned to DJ, and and I said, I said, you know what, DJ, I should do that. I should every now and again, I should I should thank my audience because it, it does mean a lot to me that people show up to come and watch me tell jokes. It, it's it's amazing that people come to a theater and spend that night, you know. And uh, and DJ goes, yeah, but with your fan base, someone would just yell out "fag" like that, right? Right. right. And as he said that, Elton John had stopped talking, <gasps> and and it just resonated across the it just resonated across the auditorium. Oh no! Because Elton had just given this full heartfelt speech, oh. and then then DJ just goes "fag" like that, oh. right? And I'm like, and we just sat there and went, "Oh no." Oh and I was like, and I was like, this would be a good time to come out. Just tell everyone, right? You know what I mean? Like we sunk into our chair, right? Because like, w- what must have gone through Elton John heard it? He sort of turned around, oh. like, like what must have gone through Elton John's head? Like he's had a, a, a fifty-year career, right? He's sitting there in his farewell tour. Someone's bought a ticket. They've gone through two hours, and then they've yelled at it. It's like, it's like must m- be a Jim Jeffries. It fan. must no, it must be <laughs> someone who was sitting there and is going, "Hang on a minute, I've heard the albums, <laughs> but I've never seen the outfits." You know what I mean? <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm I'm telling this story on stage in San Diego because it happened like a week earlier, uh. and I said, I said, ah. Oh, uh, and I told the story, and I said, and I said, a friend of mine who is gay, but he isn't out of the club. I didn't say who it was, you know. Like that and DJ just something happened in him where he was just standing in the wing, and he walked out, and he was he was kind of shaking a little bit, and he just walked out, and he just sort of stared at me, and I went, "Hey, DJ," and and he just and I, I he goes, "Can I have the microphone?" And I said, "Yeah," and he just in that moment in front of like two thousand people went, "I'm the, I'm the friend, I, I'm gay, I've always been gay." Uh, thank you. And he just came out, and then he just before he could take it back or anything, he tweeted it. And then I came back, and he was just sitting. He was just sitting in the in the dressing room, going, "I did it! I did it!" It was it was quite a beautiful moment. It was quite he, beautiful. He's one of the sweetest, nicest guys. One of the ever. sweetest, nicest. I think for him, maybe early on in his career, because he always played the virgin in sort of school oh, movies, yeah, that yeah. maybe he thought that people wouldn't accept him like that. Right. And I, 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 you know, I know in that moment that a lot of people reached out to me, and a lot of people reached out to him. I think he got a lot of love from that whole situation. I don't think there was a lot of backlash, but yeah, you, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what time has done. Yeah, and I just I, I just get going through your cast a little bit. Um, and by the way, speaking of cast, 
Last time I talked to you, you were talking about casting. I guess the show you're working on right now it's coming out soon. Called well, Jeffries. we 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 show? were we were we were one week out of six days out of going into rehearsal, and then COVID happened. That's for this show for the new show. Jeffries. Yeah, Jeffries. Yeah, it's coming out. Well, we, who? It, it, yes, it still hasn't been cancelled. But NBC had to put a hold on everything, uh, uh-uh. and so we might be going into the next cycle. But they haven't they haven't cancelled it. No, but we we cast the whole show and everything, and we were about to go in rehearsal. The sets were built. I used to like I'd never done a multi cam. I used to walk onto the stage, and I was like, "Wow, that's my that's my house and my thing." It was really exciting, and then just. Oh. Nothing, but I'm I'm optimistic that that you know because the script was really good, the cast was really good, but you know so we we were casting we we cast uh, yeah, um, uh, Betsy Brandt from Breaking Bad was She's was great. she was playing Kate my yeah. ex yep. you know and and Kate uh, which called her a different character but it, the, the premise of the show was basically this the same as my life I have an ex who lives down the road who I have a child with. And my dad moved in with me after my mother passed away, and uh, I, I got my dad out of here basically um, just when COVID was starting to shut down. I said, "You better get out," and we we moved him back to Australia before it got too bad here. Betsy was the cop's wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and she played Michael Jack, think, Michael J. Fox's wife in his sitcom, and yeah, the, the I new one. I think I did a game show with her. Twenty five words or less. Was that Betsy in there with me? Yeah, she's um, very nice lady. Very, if that's what I'm thinking, very nice. But you said something that actually stayed with me. You went, uh, you were casting, and you were shocked at how extremely established actresses. You mentioned Jennifer Goodwin, for instance. Yeah, yeah. Had to come in and audition for you, and you're like, I thought she just submitted her. Yeah, well, there, there was like there it. was a load of there was a lot there. There was a load yeah, of a, there was a load of actors and actresses that it was uh, yeah it's a tough fucking business but man. isn't that like, crazy they, no, they, they, those people still work but, but it's weird that they have but, to, somebody but, that's so established I believe that people have this image of actors that if you're on things all the time people just ring up got a role for you got a role for you got a right. role for you and right. it's like it's like I've I've never I don't think I've ever been. I, I, the only things that I get offered are shows that I write myself, you know, right. and I never, I never, I'm terrible at auditions, and it, and it goes. I think the problem with me is I go in for auditions, and um, they're expecting what I do on stage to be the persona, which I'm completely fine with that persona. But then it's like, and do it in an American accent, and you're like, well, <laughs> use the c word. <laughs> there goes, there goes my whole timing out the window. You know, I, yeah, I, so yeah. I don't, I don't. Um, but I, I, I had an audition the other day, I think, for the first time in forever, and it was like. They said, "Do it in your natural accent, a British accent, and an American accent." And I'm like, yep. "No, nope, I'm out." Well, I, out. I, I, I did the British one, the Australian, and then I went, "All right, that's <laughs> that's," uh, and I'll give the go of the American one. But I, I, I can't do much nuance in an American accent. I, I it, it, do you mind? I, I don't. I'm not sure I can even think in my mind the difference between Australia. I know I when I hear it, but I can't differentiate well, well, whether I can produce if, it. If I, when I do an American accent, it, no, it, it looks and, weird. And British. Those are the two that I would have oh, trouble. Oh, it's the difference between Australian and British. Yeah. Oh, that's that's very... It depends what type of British person you're doing. Right. You know, if, 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 you're doing if you're doing like a Cockney sort of fellow, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? You just do a Jason Stratham. You make it hard as fuck, you know? Yeah. You know, you just do that one. I think you, you think you've made a mistake there, my son. Right? <laughs> you do that one, right? That's that's the easy one, and then you just do the uh, the, the, the Hugh Grant sort of you know <laughs> blithering idiot sort of voice is the other one that you do. But there's so many regional accents in that you, you know, uh, like like the Newcastle, one, the the Liverpool one, like the Liverpool accent. The Beatles. 
Well, see, this is the thing. The Beatles accent isn't the Liverpool accent now. Oh, the Beatles accent is the accent from the 1960s, and it's evolved since then. So the accent used to be like, all right there, John, I think we've had enough of this play now anymore. I think I'm going to go play the drums, right? That yeah. type of thing. Yeah. But now it's just a bit more chippy and just sort of, fucking hell, I don't know what you're talking about. Why you even do that to me? Oh, right. It's this this fucking. All right, calm down. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's like a different thing. And then Birmingham is like this depressing accent in the middle of the country where everything sounds really sad, you know. And that's where that's where Ozzy Osbourne comes from. Oh, Everyone thinks that Ozzy Osbourne's voice is affected by drugs. He's just from Birmingham. Interesting. It's really, that's, <laughs> yeah, really, that's interesting. really what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's so fascinating. And, and we don't we don't tune into those you you can have accents 50 miles apart and they're completely different completely I mean, so, we, so so liverpool to manchester is 50 miles yeah and so so liverpool and then well, parts like, of london are different well parts of london north yeah. and, north and yeah. south london and yeah. then and then going up to like newcastle is i can't even understand them they're, they're on the border of scotland and they're they're a really sort of i can't I can, dear number five dear number five in the big brother house Oh, why I pet? I don't know. I don't know what you're doing to me right now. So it's heading towards <laughs> yeah. Scottish. Approximately oh, yeah, yeah. Scottish. It's a really on the cusp. And, but that's like a quite a cute accent, that one. And so the the casting, though, you saw lots of important actors. And actors oh, so a lot of important actors. Yeah. The, the, casting my father was the only bit that we were sending out offers for people. Because my father was like, originally we had a few, we, we like to play my dad, I, I suggested we got Anthony LaPaglia at the end, who's a, a Emmy Award winning. Uh, he's won Tony Award. He's like a real, real actor. Me and him have become friends in COVID, where we sort of hung out because we started getting rehearsal and comes over to my house and we have a couple of edibles and watch TV. You know, and I want to do that. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then we had, um, but originally they, the MEC go, they go. So who could play your dad? And I, I, my first suggestion, I went. Uh, Mel Gibson? Because <laughs> I thought, that'll get a bit of press, and he's never been in a multi-cam sitcom. You can say what you want about the guy. He can fucking act, right? And he was fun. And it's like, it's like I, I, I don't... Did you, did you test him? Did you catch No, I got, I, got a, I got a solid no on that one. That was just a suggestion I made. I mean, what about Mel Gibson? And then it's like, no, we're not... I well, just that you got Mag- Magda, is that her name? Magda, yeah, Mag- Magda. I mean, that was a big cat. Yeah, uh, look, I'm trying... I'm, I'm, the, I'm, the, uh, I'm, the, I'm like Oscar Schindler when it comes to Australian comedians. I keep on bringing them over and keeping them in the country, yeah. Is she here now? No, 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 no. no. She came over for a little bit, and she, she, you know. But I, I, we watched the whole run of Kath and Kim. Kath, my, my girlfriend is obsessed with Kath and yeah. Kim. She's yeah. obsessed with it. Well, we I, were too. We watched. Well, the have whole you run. ever seen the American remake? Oh yeah. Not only that, the guy that played the um, the hot dog stand owner is a friend of mine. And he I'm played, blanking on his name. He played the sandwich, the sandwich yes, show, and, he, and he's out of uh, he, Best I mean, in Show went, and all that. Yes, went to college with him. Ah, right. Well, he he's a very what, what, funny guy. Me, but he couldn't. His name. Help, he I couldn't get the him. speed walk right. He couldn't get the, the hit. <laughs> and and it, the the, the but I thought that was a brilliant Randy. That Selma Hayek is that her name? Was I Selma, thought it was terrible. Selma Blair. I thought it was terrible. I, it was its own thing. You thought it was terrible because you were thinking about the other show. Because the actresses are meant to be the same age, but we're meant to imagine that one's younger and one's older, and that it's you have to suspend belief when you watch Catherine Kim. And then they actually cast them what they would probably look like rather than... Right, that's true. Rather than... Craig Baker? Nope. No, not yeah. Craig Baker. This is on, this is on Catholic Kim U.S. with uh, Selma Blair and uh, what's her name from SNL? Shoot. Molly Shannon. Molly Shannon. Uh, See, I don't think... I can't believe uh, Molly Shannon. I'm reading... Uh, there's a weird... 
so in the casting it says the two characters have different first names Craig Baker replacing Brett Craig and Phil Knight replacing Kel Knight yeah Phil Knight Phil Knight yeah Phil Phil, Phil Knight character <laughs> and I, I, I auditioned for American Captain Kim that, that's how I know I was in the country. I was in the country about a week, and I got, I got, uh, I got, uh, and it's, it, the part went to the guy from uh, SNL, Mikey something. What's his name? It doesn't matter. John Michael Higgins. John Michael Higgins. John Higgins. That's yeah. what I was trying to think of. John Michael. So, um, but uh, I didn't get a chance to thank you thoroughly for my Clue game. Oh, have you played it? Yes, it's nice. Repeatedly during the, the <laughs> darkest hours of COVID, my sons yeah. pulled it out, and it, it's so it's so inviting. That yeah. we just had to do it I, yeah. repeatedly. I, I I got you a deluxe edition of Clue. It was that's what, that's what I've been doing in COVID is buying people board games. It was it was <laughs> I must tell you a, a an important piece of surviving COVID. Yeah, thank it's, you. For it's that. a very it's a, a clue, clue, we call it Clue Doe for some reason <laughs> in the rest of the room. You call it Clue in America. Everyone else calls it Clue Doe. Like and it's also Cluedo or something like it's the, just the got an o, it's got an O on the end. I don't know why. You're probably right and we're probably wrong. But oh. it, there's things like. Like I don't call it, you call it just Lego. Yeah, I I call it Legos because there's, oh, yeah. there's lots there's, of them. There's, there's lots of them. Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> Legos. And it's, I get that. And so Legos, we don't call them Lego. We have multiple. There's multiple Lego. This is a legit thing. This isn't some sort of slang. It's called C L U E D O. That's yeah. how it's branded in the rest of the world. In the rest of the world, it's called Cluedo. I, I see. I'm wondering if it's a if it's a take off Clouseau, like off the uh, Inspector. Clouseau no, I think or it's something. before. I think it's an older game. I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. Or maybe maybe that's where Clouseau came. But, from. But, from but, Cluedo. but we call it Cluedo. I'll tell you other stupid things. It's a play on Clue and Ludo, which is Latin for I play. Oh, Cluedo. That's probably the original, and then you guys called it Clue. Yeah. I'll tell you. Okay, so the movie Mighty Ducks in Australia, for whatever reason, is called Champions. <laughs> <laughs> they, they thought they thought the term Mighty Ducks seemed stupid. <laughs> And at the end, at the end of the the end of the movie, they play "We're the Champions" by Queen, and so someone just I'll just call it Champions. <laughs> and like uh, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle because yeah. we don't have White Castles called yeah. Harold and Kumar get the munchies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I always think with these things, we'll figure it out. Just leave it as the name. We'll figure out that White Castle's the thing. It's not like people are going, "Well, I'm not going to go to that movie." Uh, let's talk about your friend Ginger for a second. Yeah, Gonzaga. Uh, she's got a lovely little puppy. I keep watching on the, on the I internet. I know she's obsessed with it. Ginger is one of the uh, one of the smartest humans I know, and hides it very carefully. I don't think she hides it. She's pretty smart. She, she she's, reads law books for pastime. Like, yeah, she giant. Like, she she's one of those people that she's very you know. My my son had a play date with a with a kid the other day who came over to the house who's who, who he's known since he's been about three. And I, I said, he's a lovely kid. He's a lovely kid. And I go to him, I go, okay, what do you want to do, mate? What do you want to do? Like they're playing. Because this weird thing about kids, they come over and play at your house and they come up to me and they go, what should we do now? <laughs> yeah, I, ne- right. I yeah. never remember yeah. asking yeah. my dad what the fuck we yeah. should do. Yeah. My dad would go, what yeah. are you, you talking? You wouldn't even come inside to interact with the adults. No, no. You'd be out. No, no, no. But also it's like we have a Nerf gun fight. Like, you going to play Nerf gun fight? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but I don't remember my dad fucking pew, pew with me. Like, like you know what I mean? It's like my dad was on the fucking roof. You know what I mean? So this, yes. this kid comes up to me and he goes, he goes, uh, he goes. What, what are we? What are we going to do now? They'd finish playing whatever game they were playing. Tell. And I went. And I went. What do you like doing? And he goes, I like reading. Oh my! <laughs> and I went. Well, you can't come over to me house and fucking read. Do you want to watch TV? Yeah. Eat edibles? Yeah, but, okay, yeah, this is, a, this is a TV house, mate. <laughs> You're not picking up any books to read. 
In fact, last time I saw Dan Bacchanal, I was watching TV in your house. Oh, football, yeah. watching football. Did we, were we watching the Super Bowl or something? Or? Uh, uh, I, it was your citizen party. Uh, Jim's a citizen uh, of the United yeah, States. I'm now. a citizen of the United yeah. States. Yeah, Bacchanal's my. Uh, he, he sometimes I ring him and he and he does that. He goes. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm pretty upset about the Vikings losing, blah, blah. And I, I, never, I don't know anything about American football. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a baseball guy, and I, I, I like, I'm going to watch the Clippers tonight because, you know, it's the biggest game, Clipper history, and I, like, I go to a few Clipper games. The only reason I support – my dad comes over. My dad thinks that I have – because I, used to, I followed a rugby league team in Australia called the North Sydney Bears who never won mm. in 100 years, mm. not once. Never won, right? I've never supported a team that within the time that I've been supporting them, they've won anything. Like oh, the Dod- wow. I've been supporting the Dodgers since 2000, yeah. and they haven't won shit. Well, they've been pretty good, though. They've been brilliant. Yeah, they just haven't taken I, I, it home. But I, I support lose, and my dad went, he goes, we, so we're going to take you to the basketball, and he goes, oh, the Lakers, because he's heard about them. I said, no, the Clippers. Who are the Clippers? Oh, wow. And I said, oh, the thing, he goes, why do you always support losers? And I go, well, the thing is, when I moved here, I had no money, and the Laker tickets were like 150 bucks, and the Clippers were like 30 so yeah. that was how the decision was made, yeah. right? You know, yeah. it, was, it was a monetary thing. And so it's nice now that they have good players, but, but I'll, I'll speak to the Dodgers – Winning the they won the division in the time I've been here at least ten or twelve times, right? They win it all all yeah. the time. I think it's been seven in a row or something. And didn't yeah. they get kicked out by the Padres last night or a couple of days ago? Uh, last night last the Padres night. kicked yeah. out. They're playing the Padres again today. Yeah. But but here's the thing: I'm not if they fucking and if they win the division and they start spraying each other with champagne and fucking goggles, I'm fucking over it. Win the World Series and then you can spray each other with champagne. You win the division every fucking year. Yes. Just win Stop the- teasing us. And it's also, it's also, what a baller move that would be if you won the division and then just dropped your bat and you casually walked back into the dressing room like the fucking, the job's not done. The job's not done. But it's this too much celebration in the in the other seasons long and all that type of stuff. No, I'm a curmudgeon-y little fuck. I like I, that. I like I'm it. I'm like I'm like fucking steel. Be like steel. Go out there. Wait until you win the World Series and then call me. Because I've been. I went to those two World Series and that was heartbreaking. And the fucking Houston cheated. And uh, anyway, yeah. don't get me started. I know this isn't a sports show, it's so right. I, pro- I probably I, it, for me, this is just my chance to hang out with you. I just I rarely get a chance to do it. You this can is- come over to my house whenever you want. All you right. want to come watch the Clippers after Only this? If I get edibles. Yeah, so, no, so. We'll, we'll have edibles there. Yeah, we'll have edibles. But I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I, I gained a bit of COVID weight, so I'm trying not you to look have. Like you're in good shape. I've lost. I've I gained twenty and I've lost eight back. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So, but I'm trying to not. Um, Eat the edibles because I fucking I eat everything in the house. Yeah, I get it, and I love it. I love it. It's like I know I'm getting fat, and I'm just having such a good time, and I don't drink booze with it or anything like that. And it's, is there and it's, what brand of edible? You know, you do sativa, I, or do I, you do the? I, I, I no, I, I, do? I do indica, indica. and, and I, I I eat gummies, and I normally have twenty milligrams, and that's sort of my sort of level. And I um I enjoy I, I enjoy it. How more. long does that last for? Uh, four hours. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy it more than alcohol now. So it's it's actually been a thing that's come into my life that has actually made me healthier. Interesting. Because you drink less. I I drink ninety percent less. Well, interesting. Because I don't. You know, I enjoy that just as much. But if I if I go to Vegas or something like that, I still have a drink because you, you go into a bar. And I, but with the whole. Um, I don't drink it. I'm not going to drink at home, but I'll have edibles at home, and yeah. you know what I mean. So Makes it's sense. like it's it's less social. It's less. So I had fr- I had a friend come over, and you know you don't socialize well on edibles. <laughs> you know, 
unless unless they're on edibles as well. Right. Otherwise, you're on two different playing fields. Uh, I, you know, I, I do that. And I like mushrooms and and that's sort of me done these days. You know, there's no no hard drugs anymore. Those days are long gone. Did you go to Las Vegas during the Corona lockdown? Uh, no, but I am going uh, next week. Um, but Perf- in, in performing a, in a, yeah it, no I've got another thing I'm going to do there. I've got a private plane. I'm I'm going out there and uh, um, we yeah. went out there. Wait, I went out there a month or so ago, six weeks ago, something like that. It was great. Yeah, it was I hear great. it's empty. It was not empty. No, it, it was it was moderately busy. The strip is empty. Right, the hotels are moderately empty. And how did, how did they put you in? Okay, I don't understand. So I know they put you in cubicles. Some of them, some of them, some like you go to like uh, Bellagio has what looks like bank teller sort of. A series of cubicles around the ta- table, mm. right? But what, what difference does it make if you're touching chips? I, I, I maybe they put UV light over it or something. I, I don't know. Because you, you, you don't, the chips you can't get handed in, anybody. and then the chips get moved, and the other things you're still well, touching but, chips. Well, I will tell you that that the way we're thinking about COVID now, we're less concerned about hands and things that are touching, right? Because it really is going in the air on droplets. Okay, and so this is protecting the droplets. But if you go quarter mile up the strip to Caesars, nothing. It's just on. It's just just get shoulder to shoulder, right? I mean, no barriers, no nothing, right? At least when we were there, and I, that was shocking to me. That you know, some places are fastidiously being cared. There's you know things to wash your hands everywhere and all this kind of stuff. And you go to Caesar, and it's like, no, no, we're just gambling. It's here, it's yeah, done. Yeah, it's done. yeah I, I, I enjoy a gamble. Gary, you were trying to say something? No, yeah. no, I was sorry. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was nice to get away. I swear, the not traveling during this whole thing is like really driving me insane. Yeah, I've done a, a couple. You know, I've been trying to. I took my kids to like Tahoe, and so we could have like a little family thing. And I, I, this is the first time I'm getting on a plane, but I'm getting on a private plane. It, it, it's it's for a friend's thing. But planes, look, I, I've been I've been across country on planes. I've been all over the place. And pla- you talk to the flight attendants, the pilots. Are, none of us are getting sick. Right. Nobody gets sick on planes. It's, I don't know. It feels like the air conditioning. It's all circulating. You would think. You would think. But it, apparently the way they're treating it, the way they – I know. feel like now with the smoke in the air, I woke up this morning and I felt like I'd smoked a packet of cigarettes. I know. We're talking about the fires here. It's just – why is it so bad in Glendale? It got worse as I came over It's got over here. worse today. It, but worse it got today. worse as I went, eat, went away from the fire. I'm closer to the fire than you guys are here in the studio, and this was worse. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but it's it's absolutely brutal at the studio. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been, weird. It's been very tough here. Yeah, and it's um, you know, like this is only one tenth of what Australia had in January. Do you remember that yeah. Australia was on fire, and we thought that was the worst thing that would happen in twenty twenty. Right. And I was doing charity gigs all over <laughs> town for this, and it's like, and it's like when I finished doing stand, I, my last real show I did of stand up was in February, and my my first twenty minutes was about how the koalas were dying in Australia and doing stuff about bushfires, and now it's like. I can't do that material. That material. <laughs> so. Isn't that weird? There, there, there has been the, – people's hair have caught on fire for so many different things, mm. not not to keep the fire mm. imagery going here. But it, it, it literally, I mean, you can't remember what was happening three weeks ago. No. There's been so much stuff. It, it, just across, Even just across the Trump administration, it feels like, it, that, that where people have been <gasps> upset about so much all the time. Well, I've stopped, I stopped watching the news and that. I, I know where I'm going to vote, and I, I'm just like, I can't. I'll, 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 I'll watch the debates. The debates are going to be good telly. As long as they're allowed in the same room. I, right? I love the idea that Rogan does it for four hours. Whatever. Never happened. It'd be fantastic. It'd be amazing. Oh but but I agree with Jim. The debates are going to be great television. Yeah. Whether you, you're looking to have your mind changed or not, 
they're going to be. Did you see the this the thing that was circulating the video of uh, Biden on the View where he started having real trouble like expressing himself? I'm like, oh my god, if that happens during debate, it's like, oh yeah. If oh. if look, there is a chance, and I know that Kamala Harris could be our president. Yep. And I'm happy about that. I like her. I think she's. Uh, I think she's a solid person. So, you know. But uh, is Biden a little old? But he, he, Trump's fucking old. I don't. I don't. Right. I. I reckon there should be a cutoff age. I don't think you should be able to be president after seventy. Sir, well, these days seventy is fairly young for people. But I would certainly a cutoff like seventy six would make sense to me. I, I, my dad's seventy eight, and I wouldn't want him in charge of fuck all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and about and about fifteen years ago, I would have. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, he's more. My dad's getting more and more set in his way. Like, not just because your brain runs out. You you you, you just. You, 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 you can't change. Yeah, you become You aren't rigid. open to fucking change once you hit about 70. You're just not. You, you, I'm you're, not sure the brain can do it. Yeah, I don't the think brain the brain can do it. You're just, you're just setting your ways. Yeah. And once you're setting your ways, you're fucking setting your ways. And I think under that, you can still go, okay, I can see your point of view. I can see this point of view. And let's meet in the middle somewhere. But I don't think there's any meeting in the middle for old people. You told me a story once. I don't know if you can tell it or if you have told it publicly but right. about uh, Russell Crowe when you went to first visit him after you met him. No, I don't know. I can't, I can't, can't tell it. I can't oh, tell it's it, such no. a good story. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it was fun. Yes, it was a good time. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't tell you that one. I've got, I've got a few of those. But, but that, I, I think we can't talk about this one thing, though, is that he lives on this incredible compound. I was talking that, about this with my friend recently. Has there been a bigger swing from the hottest leading man in Hollywood to – what he looks like today? Oh, I haven't seen him lately. Or uh, look, Ru- Russ is one of me, one of me good friends, so I'm not going to comment on this. But Marlon Brando, Marlon Brando, that's a good one. I was Drew. To, I don't and know by the way, remember. he did okay. Pull, yeah, pull, pulled up some uh, pretty interesting characters late in life. The one that I was thinking of, and a lot of this could have been prosthetics. Was there was a Showtime series recently where he? Oh played no, that was 100 percent prosthetics. No, no, 100. I I saw him in the Fox News thing. Yeah, I saw him in New York when he was doing that. He came out and saw my show, and he was uh, he was covered in. Yeah, he was he was hours and hours in the makeup he, chair. From he top by the way did a brilliant job of that. I, and I heard he felt defensive about Roger Ailes. He, you know, he was able to portray his shittiness. But that he was sort of defending the person in it. Um, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't spoken to him on that. But but yeah, he. I remember when he was doing that, and it was like it, he just sent me a photo. One, like, I think he had prosthetics everywhere because I think he sent me a photo of just a fat hand. Yeah, yeah. Like I think that's with the level of how these things he were. Did, they they had such, it all over his body. He did it's, such a good job. So these great. things, and I, I, I haven't. I've, I'm looking forward to his movie, the one where he's unhinged. Or is it? Yeah, I think it is called Unhinged. Yeah, it's basically Fallout. It's like Road Rage, it's the Road movie. Rage for two hours. It yeah, looks yeah. amazing. <laughs> it looks, it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think, I think you, I think that's going to be a good film. But I, I, I couldn't get out to the cinema to see it. So uh, hopefully, it will come out in the, in the. You know, I, I'm enjoying these movies just being released. Like my brother went to see Bill and Ted's in the cinema, and I don't know if I would have been committed enough to do that, but yeah. I was very happy to buy it on the day. Yeah, yeah. I hope they keep that up. the The option to buy it at home. I mean, what, but what are they? Watch? Are the movies making as much profit? Did Mulan? No, they're not. They're not. No. Okay, because we yeah. we've been buying every new movie. We yeah, bought Mulan. Mulan the I day saw it was like way. They, they needed it literally ten times. To but recoup. Mulan, Mulan was a one that they did that that 
it had a different barrier to entry than all the other ones. In terms they of made expense. You, they made you subscribe to Disney Plus right, first, right, right, right. then you had to buy it, and there was no rental option. Whereas right, right, Trolls, right. which was a more of a kids movie, apparently did very, very well because it was dead in the middle of COVID, and a lot of parents, there was only you, a rental you, option. You, you, so know, you, you know why Trolls times. did well? It came out on Easter Saturday. Mm. Yeah. And then parents every single one of us, yeah. after we did the egg hunt, yeah. went, want to do Trolls? Well, I did it. Everyone I knew did trolls that Smart. day. Did Smart. you rent it just the once? Because I heard a lot of parents whose kids were freaking out, so they would rent it two or three times over the course of that. Oh, week. well, that, that's may, maybe true. No, my my son just watched it the once, and he got what was going on with trolls. <laughs> in, in terms of how Mulan was per, bought, it didn't wasn't Hamilton exactly the same? And didn't they think that would have the same? No, because Hamilton, no, Hamilton was came, free. Hamilton just came with Disney Plus. Oh, if you okay, had dude. Disney Plus, you I got see. it for free. I see, I see. But I didn't like Mulan. I thought it sucked. I didn't, no I, kidding. Yeah, it, it, it looks beautiful. I mean, it looked beautiful. Okay, you're missing the the Eddie Murphy dragon, right? Who was the yeah. who was like the th- second or third lead yeah. in the whole thing? So yeah. you're missing a whole lead character. The songs in Mulan are really good songs. Yeah, and so the, the songs, and I just thought the actress was a bit. I just think she just was. I didn't give a fuck. So you know how like sometimes you watch an actor and you give a fuck about people, even so, if they, I didn't give a fuck about her. So so. Adam and I have been obsessing watching Love Boat the last couple months. You've been watching the original Love Boat? The original Love Boat because it's such an anthropological time capsule. Right. Right? It's like you, you it's like watching a car crash. Like people thought this was funny and what the fuck? Like what? The writing is so shitty and it just, hmm. you can't believe it. But all these really uh, – Giants from the 40s and 50s kind of walk through. <laughs> oh, they have all the old stars. And yeah. then there's like episodes where there's like a young Tom Hanks and there's. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All this kind of stuff. And Donnie Osmond. And, but they had. This is what I, I brought it up. And I, I this you might find this interesting with your musical background. Phil Harris came on. Right. Do you know who Phil Harris is? No. Baloo from uh, the Jungle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. so I went down a rabbit hole watching all his old stuff. Guy was a, kind of a genius, and and I and then then I bled. Then I started thinking about the Jungle Book, and I'm like, my God, they took all these great old jazz, white, yeah. all these white dudes, which I jumped out at you. It's like only yeah. white guys got the part. Um, and uh, oh crap, now I'm gonna blank the name of the, the guy that played the the big orangutan. Do we do? I want to be like you. Who's even more famous than Phil Harris? But all these, you're gonna tell me, Gary, who that is? It. All these guys' performances are all out there on YouTube in like Ed Sullivan shows and things. Like right, that. It's right. really fascinating to watch. I mean, they're like little time capsules. Yeah, everything, everything's out there. But, but they're, but they're Louis Prima, Louis Prima, Louis Prima. Uh, but they're kind of geniuses for watching. You know what I mean? Because there was a reason they were had the staying power they did. What do you mean they're kind of geniuses? Because I, there was there's a quality they have that I'm not used to seeing. I, I'm not sure what it was. They're just the were they just through. musical theater guys or comics or what? They were, were they? comics. They were they had a rhythm that I wasn't used to seeing. They had a there was a patois a banter to everything and a story they were always telling with these things. Uh, I don't know. It just struck me as something interesting that with, we don't have anymore. With my girlfriend, I always feel very old um, because I'm always like like I just feel there's a generation of people and sort of. Uh, thir- maybe thirty-five and down, maybe even older. That they they never saw. Okay, okay, I saw everything as a kid because we only had four channels. Right. We, we only had, we, we had three when I was a kid. Yeah, we had four in Australia, and one of them was taken up by cricket all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yes. five day sport, yes. right? Yeah. 
And so, so we had, and so, so I had to watch the midday movies, and I watched all the Mar and Park Kettles and the Abbott and Costellos yes, and all that type yes, of stuff. Yes. I watched all that crap, and all, I've seen every Shirley Temple Sh- movie, Chillers, all the, the all the horror films run during. Oh, the day. I've seen all all that stuff, yeah. right? And so, so because of that, I have an education in sort of old movies because that's the only thing that was on TV. Yes, I think what happened was once we had a channel that was for old movies, people stopped watching them. Yeah, and once kids had their own channel, Nickelodeon, not so. So it's like my girlfriend. I, I had to explain who Sammy Davis Jr. was. Oh. And I'm like, everyone knows who Sammy Davis Jr. He was very important. And then we watched a documentary on Sammy Davis Jr. I go, he's like, he, he was a black guy. They wouldn't let him perform in, in, in the same place. He wouldn't let him stay in the same place he was performing. He was Jewish. He was in, he lost an eye in a steering wheel accident. <laughs> you know, he was you know Sinatra's best mate. I do. I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it's about what your parents exposed you to because I'm exactly 35 and I haven't necessarily seen no, all you're of right Sammy's at the cusp. work. You're right at the cusp. Yeah. You're but, right they're right where we get lost. And by I, the way, the irony about the old movies is only people old watch old movies now. No, only people old watch yeah. old movies. And, yeah. and you used to just stumble across one and all that type of stuff. But now you have so much to watch, you don't watch it. When you're forced to watch things, when there was three or four channels, you just watched what was on fucking telly and then you, you watch a whole lot of different genres. My son doesn't have to wake up in the morning to watch a Fucking cartoon, right? He just watches cartoons when he wants to. We used to have to wake up Saturday morning. Oh yeah, no that uh, that was from my childhood. But like, I used to go to Blockbuster. That was a big event on Friday night. Do you know the Blockbuster? (laughs) I just a business guy I know told me a piece of business history that Blockbuster could have bought Netflix for fifty million dollars. Oh yeah, at one point, and they told them you Netflix, you don't have a business. There's a there's a great podcast series on. I think it's on Business Wars from Wondery that where they did Netflix versus Blockbuster and the story is just wild. It's, it's insane. Oh, so Blockbuster could have been the because they tried to do that later on, like sending out the things, but they didn't have the algorithm and the and correct. The, and they the could have thing. just bought Netflix. They were the they were they were part. Well, they were part of a bigger was a was part of Viacom then or something. They're part uh, of something bigger. They had broken off. They were for a minute and then they yeah. had broken off and they tried to launch their own streaming service and their whole niche was. But when you're done with it, you don't have to mail it back and wait right, for the next right. one. You can go into the store and get the new one. Right. But it, but then it didn't really work because the stores were inundated with all these DVDs. They didn't. Well, need. Netflix quickly got rid of the mailback thing. Right. Yeah. yeah well, the oh. ma- the mailback thing. I think I still have a couple of DVDs I never mailed yeah. back. <laughs> yeah. I think I might even be paying a little bit extra to have the. <laughs> oh, that's still a thing, Matt. I, 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 I'll tell you. So, <laughs> so my last Netflix special came out, and I I, w- I was getting shitty with like. Like I was turning on my Netflix and I was like, why is it not showing up on the home page? It's the new release on Netflix. Why am I not the new page? Like this, right? Turns out because my kid uses my account, my girlfriend uses my account, Netflix deemed uh, my special to be something that I wouldn't enjoy. <laughs> Adam had problems with that too. His documentaries wouldn't show up oh for him. Yeah, God. yeah, they wouldn't show up on my feed. I'd have to search for myself and then like other friends of mine are like, it's on my feed. Well, you know what's interesting is that I, I, I wonder about this about algorithms, both you know Facebook and Google and Netflix. I am so all over the place with everything. I feel like they can't figure me out. Because politically, I'm all over the place. Taste-wise, I'm all over the place. And so they, they try to send me stuff, and I'm like, oh, I know where that came from. It's like, not interested in that. That was just something yeah, I was looking at for a minute. I think everyone thinks that, but I think they know you better than – That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. Because, is, because is, does I, the AI really get it or not? I said something that – Or they I, will if they don't. I Facebook advertised to me the other day. I was talking to my friend about how all these hot – Nashville hot chicken places have opened up around town. There's like yeah. six or seven of them now. Oh, right? at least. Yeah, all, that's the big thing, hot so chicken. 
deal in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. And but Nashville in LA, yeah. LA's yeah. going so yeah. LA's become hot chicken crazy, yeah, right? I get it. And so I said that I said, and then I said one of them. I said, oh, there's this one 24 hour hot chicken up the road for me, and it's all right. And you know, my girlfriend likes it because it has a vegan chicken one, and and um. And, and then I turned my phone on, and an hour later, it was advertising 24-hour hot chicken through my feed. And I've never typed it in. I've ne- I know I've never typed Maybe it they in. they heard you or Alexa heard you or something? Somebody, I don't have an Alexa in my house. Somebody oh fucking... Oh, your phone's listening. Don't be naive. Also, also, my phone... My phone I, I, bought some, I bought this like truffle sauce that I like, this hot... Tr- called truff sauce that was one of Oprah's favorite things, right? I bought that, and I also bought a very expensive uh, mustard. Oh, I'm a condiment guy. <laughs> I get advertised so many fucking condiments if there's an expensive condiment to be had they're trying to sell it to me there's another one in Hon white truffle Asian mustard right now that they're just plugging to me non-stop until I fucking buy it I'm gonna buy it I, I guess I don't know I get that truff one advertised to me all the time but it's it's not just the things that you would think about that are advertised as listening like Alexa and stuff the reason that you can get a 65 inch TV for 450 bucks now is that the companies are subsidizing it because those have built in microphones right. That are listening, and you have to be very careful when you're setting them up to opt out of that. And who knows if that even really so works? If I, so I've been having a bit of an existential problem lately, personally. Right. Uh, this whole thing has depressed me, and I, I've just been really shitty about it. Um, but in the course of my crisis, uh, I w- I've been thinking, like, God, if I were you know young and retraining again, I would definitely be an AI engineer. I would be like an electrical engineer, and I would focus on AI and stuff, because there would never be any... Your job would be good forever. <laughs> this is it, the future. Yeah, I I don't know. I watched that I watched that Netflix documentary on the social, on the social thing. Yeah. yeah, that really upset me. Me too. Really upset me. They're 150% uh, more likely to cut now, in just from 2011. The kids? Yeah. Oh, 14-year-old females, watch out, man. It and, is bad. And, uh, and it's not just that. There's a lot going on. <laughs> But it's also it's like it's like it's like I even watch my son now. It's like he was playing online with one of his friends, playing a video game. They got into a little argument, and, and bloody seven, one of his mate, and I, he probably does it to them as well. He goes, "Oh, my friend blocked me." Oh, and I'm like, "You're a fucking kid. What are you worrying about that? You know what I mean? They had a yeah, little, but, they had a blocking, little argument, but and, blocking though feels negating." That's a pretty. That's like I'm not. You don't exist to me. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. Dramatic. It's a pretty yeah. dramatic. It's a pretty dramatic. But it's like it's like at this age, uh. and it's like my brother. Me and my brother were talking about it, and the thing about so you know, brother the, I, the cop, the other brother, and yeah. so everyone. I think everyone feels bullied. Um, bullied at one stage or another. I think. Of course. Ma- I think maybe I was a bully to people and thought to myself that I was just protecting myself from them bu- bullying me or right, whatever. I think right. it's a vicious cycle yep. that we're all just trying to take care of ourselves. Well, young males, animals. Yeah, and I, I, rem- I, me and my brother were talking about this. It's like, it's like the good thing used to be is when summer came around. That happened over Christmas in Australia. You know, when summer came around, the school year ended. You got three months, two and a half months off. Yeah. You got two and a half months away off from the other kids. Yeah, from the other kids, yeah. you 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 got away, yeah. and 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 you, you and your brain could even reset and go, maybe next year will be different. Yeah, you yeah. know, I can start fresh and all that type of stuff. But they never fucking leave you alone. Every you don't get you don't get the sanctuary of home anymore. They're always on you. It's awful. Yeah, yeah. And, and you and you like you said, you're seeing it in the data on the mental health, particularly in the middle school age females. That's where it's just and, and the change. bit that really upset me because I have this. 
I have this dream one day that Instagram will just call it a day and just go, we're deleting the app, thanks for coming, like they did Vine or, or whatever. And then all the Instagram models are going to go, what? And that's going to make me <laughs> oh, so happy. TikTok, because TikTok. because the, the way the way that, you, the, that you're relying your whole income on someone else's app is fucking beyond me. Yeah. Anyway, um, but, but the but, thing is, but I found it from that show, they can't because they're owned by stockholders. Yeah. They can't even delete the fucking things yeah, because a, they're publicly owned by thousands and thousands of people. Right. So they have a fiduciary responsibility to their own. They have to keep going. Mm-hmm. So we need someone to but hack the, the and guy, no, just no, no. delete these you apps. A, you need somebody. You need a, a Teddy Roosevelt style coming in here and, and breaking them up. It's just the only solution. There, there needs to be some. Well, there's something needs to be done because kids fucking cutting themselves and committing yeah. suicide and all yeah, type yeah. of stuff. And it's like, it, I. I, as someone who's famous or you know mildly famous or whatever the fuck I am, I I had to stop looking at social media. I just stopped looking at it because it was just the hate was getting to me. The people just saying I was crap or whatever was getting to me. Yeah, and I stopped it for about a good year almost. I didn't look at it for a whole year, and then I sort of just dipped my toe back in the water. And now I look at it very rarely, and I have someone else who runs it for me and stuff like that. But you know. It used to be. It used to be. You went to school and you 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 didn't know if you're unpopular or if you're popular. You didn't you didn't know. You sort of went. Well, I got me mates and people. People seem to like me and yeah, everything's okay. But now there's a number. Yeah. There's a fucking number that yeah. you can you know. But what age do you reckon for social media? Because I'm thinking with my. I son, think I'm we will, sixteen. I sixteen is good, and I think prior to that you should think about it like tobacco. What do you, what do you mean? We should relate to this. Make him, make him use all of the social media in a wardrobe until he can well, see. I'm just saying. It's like we should have the kind of understanding that it's really deleterious to our health yeah. and deal with it accordingly. My friends that are experts in this stuff, mm. they let their kids have it for something like an hour a day and it's all monitored. Yeah. And that's it. And, and so so I'm, back, so I'm having this weird existential thing. And then I thought to myself, I'm going to go back and I'm going to retrain as a surgeon. I'm going to become a surgeon. You want to be a surgeon? Because I'm, I'm so sick of I'm so sick of the way the cognitive uh, medical sciences are just. You can't make a living. I'm, uh, I'm thinking about retiring. And then I had that thought. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm just done. Checking out. That's it. Yeah, I'm thinking about retiring. <laughs> well, I, that's I, the other thing. I, 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 I don't I know t- where to go with I it. It's took, a weird I, feeling. I took to COVID so well and, and to, and to uh, like, I enjoyed it so And everyone was ringing me up going, oh, can't wait to get back on stage. I love being on stage, but I'm like, I'm, I feel like I'm all right without it. I feel like, and it's, it's, uh, that was my eighth special, my eighth special. And I, I thought, and I, I watch Paul McCartney bring out albums, and no one gives a fuck. Yeah, no one gives a fuck. Right. And, and we still love Paul McCartney. He still sells all the tickets, but no one gives a fuck. That's true because they've got all the stuff they need. And I feel like I, I've got another special in me. And then I think when I get to nine, it's like, wh- is number eleven going to be an epiphany? Right, right. You know what I mean? So it's like, what am I doing here? You know what I mean? So, so, and I don't want to. I don't want to go backwards in my career where I start going back to comedy clubs and stuff like that. I think it might be cool to say peace out, and then not, I'm not saying in the next year or so, but I'm saying within the next five years, no. I might I might call it a day because I want to have another kid, and I, I missed a lot of my child, uh, my 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 first child's childhood because I was on the road so much, mm-hmm. and I just feel like I don't know, I don't know, I, I, I've invested well, I'm all right, you know, I don't know, I, I and and then the, but is that. Is that being is that is that uh, being a, a, a wuss or something? No, no. Out? Oh, no, no. It's one. It's one of the things I, that that that's the big gigantic. I have these huge splits in my head, and that's one of my thoughts. Yeah, it's absolutely one of my thoughts. But but I have this weird thing where I like if I'm not making a dis 
difference, I feel worthless. It's just my thing. My fear is that I'll end up like what my mother did and I'll just lay on a couch and I won't move yeah, for yeah. 40 years. Yeah. And so i got to find a hobby or something to do. But, yeah. you know, like I, I love stand-up comedy more than anything in the world and I, 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 just, I just love it. But I also feel like um, I, I'm, it's not like I'm going to get better at it. I've already, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not going to write another gun control well, routine see, or whatever. See, I, you know, I have a feeling this uh, Jeffrey's TV series might inspire you. I would bit. like to. I don't want to yeah. give up on acting. I think. Yeah. I think acting because, like, it, it's. It, I, I know, like, they've just brought Eddie Murphy back to do stand up, and they offered him seventy million or whatever the price was. Yeah. Yeah, fucking hell. Does he want to do it or is he just like, I can't say no to It's irresponsible to It'd be irresponsible kids. to, you could donate <laughs> it or something. Yeah. It's yeah. irresponsible yeah. to not do that. you got to yeah. do it, yeah. you know. And so I, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, um, see, so, so a lot of comics are going out and they're doing like these drive-in shows and they're doing shows um, uh, like where everyone's socially distanced in a field and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. And I'm like, it's just not stand up to me, and, and I, I, I've done a couple of them. And I think I don't want to go back and do it now unless it's ready to go, and you know there's an audience to actually interact with. Well, let's leave it at that. I could have spent some time with you, man. I miss yeah, you. man, so always. I'm, but come I'm, and get I'm, stoned on my couch, I, I, man. I'm going to do that. I've yeah, never, I've never, I haven't eaten or been exposed to cannabis since I was in college, like oh. 19. Yeah, I know. It's, it's legal now, you know. I know, I know that, and I, that's why I keep thinking <laughs> I got to try this stuff. It'd be perfect place for me to do it. Yeah, Your house yeah, yeah, in that, yeah. In that, with a big TV and we, the, we get we watch it, back it on the back watching football. We watch a bit of telly and yet we order some uh, some food and uh, uh, off we go. Hot chicken. All right, buddy. So we watch the fourth Netflix spe- Netflix special. Intolerant. Intolerant. Uh, go check out Bear. I, I, I think I got to say, Intolerant uh, is one of is I think my third best special. It's it's one story over I, an hour. One I, story. I laughed the whole time. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Me too. Yeah, and, and it's, it's, a, it's a laugh out loud kind of thing. Even if you're by yourself, you'll find yourself laughing. And, out and it's fascinating to explain to your friends what the premise of that story is. Like, no, no, it's an hour of this of him talking about... Yeah, it's, it's an hour of me talking about possibly shitting myself. That's yeah. the whole thing. And it's, it's, and it's like... And masterfully done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Anyway. For calling times and topics, follow the show on Twitter at Dr. Drew Podcast. That's D-R-D-R-E-W Podcast. The music from today's episode can be found on the swinging sounds of the Dr. Drew Podcast, now available on iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to rate the show. The Dr. Drew Podcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana and Gary Smith. For more information, go to drdrew.com. All conversation and information exchanged during the participation in the Dr. Drew Podcast is intended for educational and entertainment purposes. Only. Do not confuse this with treatment or medical advice or direction. Nothing on these podcasts supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your medical caretakers. Although Dr. Drew is a licensed physician with specialty board certifications by the American Board of Internal Medicine and the American Board of Addiction Medicine, he is not functioning as a physician in this environment. The same applies to any professionals who may appear on the podcast or drdrew.com. Drew.com.